Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. To you and I will bless you. So God is saying, one, the major, where heaven, see God is everywhere. But at, he chooses some places to manifest his glory. As he uses that place as a point of contact across the world. And he said that, you know, what I want you to build is an altar. So what is an altar? We are not talking necessarily around the physical structures like this. We are talking about where heaven contacts the heads. The place where the kingdom of God will have an opportunity to release its power on earth. So God is saying, you are to build me an altar. So that means that an altar is not We are looking at an altar from the viewpoint of the fact that it is not what somebody would build for you. It is what you will build for God. It is what me will be, I will build for God. He said, no, this altar, you shall shall make me. You shall make me an altar. We would begin to look more about this um, on these issues as we as we start to 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 kind of look more into depth why altars matter especially in these times see when in the scriptures there are histories of different kind of plagues pestilence happening but most of the time, what turns it around is when an altar is built. When an altar is built, we would see it again in First Chronicles chapter 21. Well, I'll read from verse 14. It says, So the Lord sent out a plague upon Israel. 70,000 men of Israel fell. That means in that short period, 70,000 people died in a country. Notice that the Bible said men. So by the time you had women on top of that number. And the angel of the Lord said, and God sent the angel of the Lord to Jerusalem to destroy it. As he was destroying the Lord's loot. So, nobody has done anything now. God looked at the situation and God said, no, this is getting, getting this disaster is, below, is getting too long. Then God himself intervened. See what God said. He told the angel, it is enough. And he said, restrain your hand. That means there is a part, there is, there is the part of of when the angel, you know, when 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 the death is reduced, 
But see, as the Bible says, and the angel of the Lord stood on the treasure front of Oman by the Jebusites. If you go to verse 16, it says, Then David now lifted up his eyes, and he saw the angel standing between the heavens and the heads, having drawn his sword out of out of, out of his hands, straight over Jerusalem. So David did not have a clue what was going on. But God kind of gave him the opportunity. And God said, you know what? I need your eyes to be opened. To see that there is something greater than you involved in these things. When we go to verse 18, You know, the, the prayers that we read said that David was, he wept on his face, he cried, and things like that. Verse 18 now says, he said, therefore, the angel of the Lord commanded David, the, 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 the angel of the Lord commanded God to say to David, he should go and erect an altar. So God is saying, I, I, I get the fact that you are crying, you are saying, oh God, why us? Oh God, what is happening? The angel said, this is the answer. Stand up from where you are. Stop rubbing yourself in, 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 um, this is, don't let us engage so much in, you know, in, in, in just, you know, blaming this or that. He said, stand up, David. What you need to do is to go and build an altar. On the same place where the angel stood. Then David, then if you read, um, if you go down to verse 24, he says, Then David went to a man and no, but, okay, what happened was that when David now wanted to build the altar, somebody said, Don't worry, this altar, you don't need to pay. We will give it to you for free. Then David said, No, 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 said, I will not build an altar that will not cost me something. That altar must cost me something. If you go to verse 26, um, 26 downwards, it says, I said, and there an altar was built to the Lord, and burnt offering and peace offering, and called on the Lord, and the Lord answered from heaven with a fire on the altar and burnt offering. At the point in time, what the angel did was to just hold himself still and wait and see what the response of David would be. What we are saying is that in these times, we need to understand how an altar is built. We need to learn to build altars in these times. You saw it, another example is in the days of Noah. When God wiped out the whole world, Genesis chapter 8, when God wiped out the whole world with flood, the Bible says when Noah stepped out of, stepped out of, 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 the, um, of, of the place, the first thing he did, the Bible says then he built an altar to God. He built an altar to God. And every clean bed was offered on the altar 
and God smelled the smell, uh, sweet smell uh, aroma. Then, verse 21, then, then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again cause the ground for the man for, for the man's sake. So what, what, what I'm saying is that even when, when the flood came and God, why destruction was everywhere. When, when Noah came out, the first thing Noah built was an altar. The first thing Noah built was an altar. So one thing we will be looking at is this. We have said that we have defined an altar from, from a place, not this physical world that we're talking about, but a place where God, where heaven contacts the heads through human vessels. People would say, I want us to know that the body, the, the, the church has had the opportunities and this is why, why we talked about private altars, where public altars, that means the place where we all gather, has not been able to have an expression. But we need to rely a lot on private altars in those days. See, this is not the first time. This is a I would this is um, a Washington Post. I don't know what Washington Post that in, in October, October nineteen eighteen. October nineteen eighteen. This was after they closed all churches. In the when there was pestilence like this. Then the church also reopened. So what I'm trying to say is that public altars has always been closed at different times in, in history. This is not the first time. Somebody say, oh, ah, they've stopped churches. Hey, this and this and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> if you go that same year in 1918, the next slide is, that same, you have the newspaper, it says, the pastors comply with the orders to approve closing the churches. Why? Because these things were, were, were this infection was going around. These are newspapers of, in 1918. You will see them all also where you get to be so in October, October newspapers. What I'm trying to say to you is that, see, it is because the, the, we have, I'll put it down. It is because we have moved so much from that period where in 1918, where churches have been closed at, at, at big levels, so to say. Then we shout, hey, God, what has happened? I can remember the, the time, the first time I had the opportunity of preaching this sermon. It was in Sokoto, when I preached on, on public altars and private altars. Three weeks after that time, or two weeks after that time, these Islamic people came and they closed down the churches. And somebody was saying, ah, I said, can you not remember? This is the time where private altars are going to, you need to rely on those private altars. But when we have built our, our belief system, when, when public altars seem to be shut, even now we are even better off now with the internet and things like that. Mm. 
But when the public altar seems to close down, people go, oh God, ah, we are, so, yeah, we, we made covenant with God. God will just say, excuse me, if you go through history, you are not the first. In fact, in this day and age, you are not, you, it's only, if you go to some Islamic areas, where churches are being bombed on, on a regular basis, where churches are being shut down, you would not, see. it is just, may God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm. So, as we begin to look at these altars, as we begin to look at what is a private altar? How do we how do we make sure that these private altars are functioning in this life? Abraham was a man that each time when he was going through the from one place to another, when God appeared to him, he built an altar at that place in time. Genesis chapter twelve, verse five. To um, it says uh, from verse 5 to 8, it says, Then Abraham took his wife and his Lord brother and um, his Lot, so his brother Lot, and their possession, and they gathered it, and all people who, who they whom we had acquired as Amen, and they departed and went to Canaan. The Bible says, So, so, he, so they came to the land of Canaan. Yes, let's go. He said, Then Abraham passed through the land of, of, of Shechem. And as far as the place, then this is where I'm going. And Canaan, where sorry, and the Canaan and Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and he said, and he said to you and your descendants, I will give this land. And there Abraham built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. I want you to first of all note this part as we kind of move on. The Bible says that and Abraham built, after God appeared to him, Abraham now built an altar to the God that appeared to him. If we read on, it says, then he moved from there to the Mount um, to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent and at with Bethel on the west and I on the on the east. There he built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. So at the first instance, it was a fresh encounter with God before he began to call on God. You cannot continue, you cannot build an altar on a God that you have not first of all encountered. So that is to say, if you have not really made Christ the Lord of your life, that altar is not, is, will not stand the test of time. Will not stand the test of time. May God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. I will just quickly just point out a couple of things. As I begin to look at Jesus as an example of both private and public altars, because I will say, you know what? It seems it is it is lack of ignorance that so it is, it is probably <coughs> ignorance that people would say that public or private altar is a substitute for public altar. It has never been over scriptures. It would it, it is not a practice of of Christ. 
The Bible says in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, call, he says, he says, but when you pray, go into your room. And when you shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place. And it would, your Father who, who sees you in the secret will reward you openly. What he's talking about is describing a private altar in this place. But look at Jesus again. In Luke chapter 4, the Bible says that, the Bible says that, and so he came, he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom, he went into the synagogue. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is that, even though it was a regular place of having his private altar, that is never a substitute for a public altar. Because you know people say, ah, you know, some people say, no, after now, no, I don't need, I don't need, no. when, when I was calling on God in the times of the, uh, what, the lockdown, see what God did. I don't need to go. It is, it is, it is the, it, it is a refined lie from hell. Mm-hmm. Because that has never been the pattern of Christ. But again, what we have also done successfully now is that we have built public altars at the expense. People don't even have private altars anywhere. That is why the church is a bit struggling to respond to this to, 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 to our day. We'll see Mark again, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And the Bible says, in the morning, while it was, sorry, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went and departed to a solitary place. And he prayed. So he looked for, it was, it was, this was his private altar. But you also see Jesus when he was being baptized, when everybody was there. Luke chapter 3, verse 20, 21. He says that, says that when, when all the people were being baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized, he prayed. So what I'm saying, I'm just trying to make you see that because you are private altar, it is not a substitute for public. It is Jesus did not live that pattern of life. Jesus did not live that pattern of life. So, as we begin to look more at these private altars, I just needed to clarify that area. For you to see that the private altar is the place where God meets you yourself. Especially in the times when the public altar seemed to have disappeared. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12. God was God was saying, God said, the Bible says that God he said, He said, You you shall keep the fire on the altar, burning day and night. It shall not be put out. So that means that the fire on the altar has got to be alive. And we'll be talking lastly, we'll be talking at some time, we'll be talking towards the end, we'll be talking about the construct of this altar. What are the requirements? What what is God actually looking for on altars? Especially in these times. 
We've, we've discussed earlier how people were in the days of pandemics like this. Altars are the ones that make difference in, in these times. In fact, what I'm also trying to show us is that, see, the body of Christ has been used to when public altars are shut. The impact of private altars begins to just, begins to, um, begins to increase. Acts chapter chapter eight. <coughs> Acts chapter eight. The Bible says, "As for Saul, he made an havoc of he made he made havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, and committing them to prison. Therefore, those who who, who were scattered everywhere. So the the places where people were having congregating as Christians, Paul went there." This, beating them, chasing them out. So what happened was that the church could not happen. Then the Bible says, but as people scattered around, they were preaching the word. Let's go, please. And, and the Bible says, then Philip. Now, Philip, you never hear, he was not part of the 12. He was just a church member, but he had an altar. The Bible says, and when he went down to the city of Samaria, he preached the Christ to them, and the multitude, one person, the multitude, when when with with one accord, he did to the things he spoken, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. This poor boy, when he was, when they were in church, the Bible says, when you read the earlier part of Acts. The Bible says the apostles committed themselves to the prayer and to the word. So it was the apostles that were preaching. Mm-hmm. But when the private altar stood, this man, now, this is what I used to tell people. There's a man in this country. Um, forgotten his name now. He wrote the unlocking the Bible. This man is, is, is one of the greatest teachers you have even alive today Paulson. and this man David Paulson this this man is an elder sitting in his church he doesn't do anything those are those that understand the difference between private authors and public ones <laughs> Ryan Bonke all through his life he wasn't the church leader he used to go to a church in Germany where he sits down and listens to the to the world because because at times but the problem is that we have now mixed up everything everybody wants to do public altar everybody wants to do private altar this man philip when you read the book of acts and as in acts of five where the bible is saying that the 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 apostles gave themselves it didn't say apostles and even the man caught stephen when the public altar was was functioning the public altar was being manned by the apostles. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So what I'm trying to say is that God is counting on your private altar in these days to turn things around. Amen. I'll show you another example as we, as we go on. The Bible says in John uh, James chapter 5, the Bible says, please, if you follow this scripture well, the Bible says, if anyone is sick, 
Let him call the elders of the church. Let them lay hands on him and anoint him in the name of the Lord. What kind of prayer is that? The public mm. altar. He now said, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And even if he has committed a sin, he will be forgiven. He says, confess your sins one another, pray for one another, and you'll be healed. The fervent prayer of a righteous man is moved down from public altar into private sections. Then he now said, Elijah was a man. He didn't say Elijah was a people. Elijah was a man, like, like nature as us. He prayed that it would not rain and did not rain. And he prayed again that he would rain and he did so. So what the Bible was also saying is that, see how the Bible, James seemed to be moving from public altar to private ones. Public altar to private ones. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The question is, how well, how, how well am I alive is your private altar? Are we, have we set up a makeshift altar that, because there is issue now, that altar is just, you know, that is the time you, some, God help us. See, there, there is, there is a, I'm, we are talking much about that. There are two types of priesthood. There is the running priesthood. And there is the priesthood according to the order of Melchizedek. The problem and the why God abandoned the Aaronic the priesthood was because it was a priesthood that only rose up to occasion when there is problem. It's only a priesthood that, you know, their, their, their lifetime is, is only based on public, public altar. When it comes to private altar, that, those kind of altars don't exist. Those kind of altars don't exist. But that's not the conversation for today. So as we come a little bit closer, I want to show you how God indicted Elijah, a powerful man, an anointed man, first kings, chapter 19, verse 13 to 18. He said, so it was. When Elijah had it, he wrapped his face on the mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the crib. And suddenly the voice, the voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah said, I have been zealous for the Lord of hosts. And because of the children of Israel has forsaken the covenant, they've killed all your prophets, public altar. They see, they, they, there's nothing else to do. What, what, am I, what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, I am the, I am the prophetic lead of my church. Now that the whole church is now gone, what, what is there to do? I am the choir lead of my church. Oh, yes. Okay, that is now gone. What is that there to do? God said, okay, what, what, are, you, what are you doing there? What exactly are you doing there? Now let's read on. Now, God now said, okay, you know what? You think you are the only one. I will tell you that even in this time when prophets are being killed, I don't have only one. 
So I would multiply you into three. So that the, the Bible began to go on. The Bible began to talk about the fact that, uh, so let's read on please. The Bible, it says, then God said, you return, return you on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you will anoint Hazel as king over his um, um, Syria. And you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Mishmi, as the king over Israel. And Elisha, and let's just read, let's just read basically, Inabigal said that if the sword of this does not kill this, I think, what he's saying is that he took one anointing and God split it over three. What was God saying is that you think that, oh, you, you, I, I, because the public altar is missing, I lack people. Then Ina said, he said, after that, yet, even after those three, yet, I have 7,000 of those in Israel who have not bowed down their knees to bow. The question is that when God is saying, yes, the public altar is closed, do, are, you, are you part of the hidden one that God can say that, you know, there are thousands of them who are hidden, who are in their secret place, calling on my name. God said, you know what? This issue that you have with Jezebel, these three ones will, will sort it out. But I have secret people who have built altars to my name. The question is that God is at this time is saying, how is your altar like? That altar where you call upon my name, how well have you separated it for me? In these times, you see, all you do now is just, you know, your altar has now become TV. You watch the news, you sleep, you wake up, and God is saying, I am looking for altar. You're saying, well, they've closed church anyway. So when we have time, we will go back to church. Some people, on a Sunday basis, because you're a worker, you fast to church on Sunday. But since church has closed, you stop fasting on Sunday because it is there is no there is no public altar. Some of us, maybe you wake up in the morning to pray for your church service, but now because there is no uh, church, you now pack up your your prayer. That time is time you sleep because there is nothing to pray about. Why? Because the church is closed. This is the time when God is saying, I need, I need a thousand of you, seven thousand of you, to begin to build that altar back. That altar is supposed to be functioning. Either the public altar is, func is open or not. See, the body of Christ has, this is one secret about the kingdom of God. And I think that this is where the Bible talks about, let's just look at Exodus chapter 1. We're almost done with it. Exodus chapter 1. The Bible says that, <clears throat> the Bible says, therefore, they set tax Now, what happened? Israel was grown. So, they now said, let us increase the burden on them. That they will build, um, they will build for Pharaoh. 
supply cities. But the Bible verse 12 says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. If the body of Christ will come out of this without expansion, there is a problem. Because like we saw in the days of the early, early apostles, mm -hmm. when they scattered them, they only came back with multitudes. In the people of Israel, the more they persecuted them, the more they grew. Why? Because private altars will became very, very hot in those days. Private altars became very hot in those days. See, God has a pattern of raising his own people. At times, because there is no private altar, people do not last long. Their Christianity is just along the patterns of the public altar that is church. Just a couple of scriptures when we go. John, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 1, verse 80. This is, I used to read these scriptures and you know, it kind of, the Bible says, and the boy grew. This is, uh, no, this is uh, John. John. The boy grew and he became strong and he was in the desert. That means that it was filled with the power of God and there was nobody was ministering to than the crocodile, the ants, the... The Bible says he was kept in the desert. The Bible says he became strong in the spirit, but he was in the desert. So that means that the way it was... See, we don't have this kind of private authors again. We... What we do now, we jump from a little bit of here to here. <laughs> to manifestation. No, there were times where the Bible says, I can imagine him, how powerful he was, calling down fire. And God was saying, stay in the desert. I can imagine him walking and maybe an animal was walking and the, the leg Caught was caught in something and the leg broke and he held that leg and he prayed over it and that leg got healed and that animal continued his journey. God displaying his power yet stay in the desert. I can imagine him have 10,000 books that he has written different sermons and after those sermons, revelation, revelation, revelation and God is saying Stay in the desert. Until the day of his manifestation. This is a time when private altars need, so that by the time we get back to church, that place would explode. Why? Because private altars has been built so strongly. But if we don't build private altars in these times, May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Because in the private altars, that is where God makes his people. God does not make people in public. Go and read through scriptures. 
there is no body that God made in public. Moses was made at the back of the desert. Joshua was made sleeping in the in the what's it called in the um, in, in the in, in the tabernacle when Moses left. Samuel was made on the altar. Jesus was made before the time of his manifestation. There is no body that was made in public. And at what I'm saying, this time is when God is saying, now let us now talk about how to build this altar that you have. Galatians chapter 6 verse 17. The Bible says, this is Paul talking, from now, let no man trouble me, for I bear the mark of the Lord of hosts. See, when God began to take me through this scripture, I discovered that people had no clue what Paul was talking about. That means that before you can shut down the devil, you must carry a mark. Let me give you a scenario. In those days, when you buy a slave, I can buy a slave. That is stage one. That is, I gave my life to Christ. But the stage two is that I need to put my mark on my slave. Maybe you don't have a clue of what Paul was discussing. Please go to the next slide. This is how they put mark on slaves. They put that thing in, in fire. And they put it on that skin. And that skin begins to smelt. See, when we say, I bear the mark of God. God is saying, which? Where's the mark? Where's the mark? Me, I can't. I don't understand what you're talking about. One of my guys was saying that he was praying to God. And God said, God, have me. God, use me. God, have me. He said, God, as I said, how can I use what I don't have? Because I don't, I, I don't have you. I said, no, 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 you do, I, I don't have you. So, please stop praying all those kind of prayers. Because it doesn't make sense. You are shouting, God, use me. How can I use what I don't have? Say, so, if you want me to use you, you need to bring yourself. You need to bring yourself. It's not... So, when Paul was saying, I bear the mark, he was saying that God had, God had put the, uh, the, what's it called? The, 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 the rod in fire, it is already very, very hot because they don't use cold one. They will use a very, very hot one. Can I have the next slide, please? Now, some people kind of made the next one. Yeah. Now, this is something like a replica. Burning like this. And they will now place it. You will scream. You will cry. There is nobody that they've put mark on you and you are smiling. <laughs> so when you read that scripture, I bear the mark of God. See, you can talk about it, but please don't go to, if you start to involve in certain spiritual levels, you say, hey, 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 excuse me, which mark? <laughs> At times, God is just covering us. I said, you know, this person, they don't understand. See, this is like a picture of what it was in those days. 
this here, I don't know if you can see, but this here is more like the smoke coming out of how hot the iron is. What we are saying is that in the place of the altar, let's come to the last slide, please. Exodus, next one. He says, you shall make me an altar of head. So it is not in, not in the heavens. It has to be your flesh. He said, you shall burn it your, not you, this is not ideas that you borrow from somebody. Public altars is not, private altars not the place where you discuss. The first discussion is not your church. The first discussion is not your, is not your, is not the boy that used to misbehave around the streets. The public altar's first discussion is you. So that's why God said, you shall bring your burnt offering, your peace offering, your sheep, your oxen. Not, see, at times people build altars and the only thing they discuss there is every other person's issue aside from that. That altar is still public. You may have it in your room, but it's still public. Because it has not done, it is not, it has nothing to do with you. And the sacrifice God is looking for is force yourself. As you place yourself on that altar, as it begins to use the knife to carry out a couple of things. I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, I said, I said last night. I said, no, I said yesterday morning. I said God was dealing with me about about certain a particular issue, character. He said this kind of uh, pray, your prayer life is, but it is not even near what what I demand of you. And I was saying, I said each time I appear before public altar, a private altar, I know. See, the first conversation is not anybody else. The first conversation is me. The question is that, how, because that altar cannot affect anybody if he has not first of all affected you. The altar that you will build, see, let's just quickly read the course of our time, our time is fast, right? He says, he says, you shall make, you shall make me an altar of stones. You shall not build of it in stone or use a tool. It will profane it. So what he's saying is that the altar is not the place where, see, what's saying about the stone? The stone has to be cut. It cannot be a very strong stone that you'll be, you'll not be using to, to hit. God said, no, my altar is not the place where I will say, Judy said, no, I don't have time for that. Ah, that's not, that's not me. God, don't you know that that is hard? And you are, God, you are, you and God, you are in, in wrestling match. God said, no, that kind of altar is not the altar that we are looking for. The altar we are looking for is the place where you don't need to have tools. You will just put that, you will just surrender. He said, nor shall you go up there in steps to my altar, that your nakedness may not be exposed. What he's saying now, when you are, see, when you are on public altar, nobody would say, um, let us pray. 
We're going to ask God for the forgiveness of our sins. I don't know if you have ever been in church that way. When it's left half of God for forgiveness of our sins, people would begin to reduce their volume. <laughs> but on this kind of altar, he said, you don't come with staircase. What does staircase mean? Is that it places you on a level that you are not on. You come and you come before altar and you are speaking in tongues and God is saying, hey, excuse me, put that to one side. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about this character. There was a day when I did something I was not too good. I, I wasn't married then. So I, I went for an event that week. And I went for an event and the power of God moved in such a way that I was like, God, this can only be you. I got home that day and I knelt down and said, God, thank you. I said, this can only be you. What I expected was God going to say, ah, yes, you know, you well done, well done, you did well. He said, even though that was good, he said, now, he said, if you think what happened on that place is an approval for the lifetime that you are living, I will never forget those words, you will end up in hell. That's exactly what he said to me. You will end up in hell. Said because you preach, people were moving up and down, and spirit was fed up. You think you have that? No, 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 no. Let us discuss. See, since that day, I used to tell people, even that day when I and my wife had we had some, and we went to a place, I ministered, and the power of God moved, and so we were we wanted to go to. Um, I, 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 the next, we wanted to go to another place, and so we we're going. I, I, and I said, I wanted to. He said, Please let us just, you know, I kind of he said, ah, No, 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 don't worry. He said, God is, he said, God has always looked after you when you do things. The spirit of God keeps moving. And I cannot, I said, Please don't be deceived. <laughs> I said, There is nothing as dangerous as that. Mm -hmm. I said, So let us sit down, please. Let us, let me tell you what I've done that is wrong. And you say, that you would, I would ask forgiveness. I cannot go and go and stand and say, Oh, power of God. And uh, God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Those are private altars, is the place where God will, wants to deal with you as a person. See, even I believe that this time of private altars is important for most of us who are in ministry, who are so, you know, you have been so busy with public altars. And God said, no, this is not time to come and sit down. Let us talk about you. Let us talk about you. The last scripture we'll read, Exodus, uh, sorry, Matthew. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. And um, the Bible, this is, the Bible says, what are the time, what are the signs that we would see when you are coming. And Jesus began to talk about the signs of the hand, which is part of it is pestilence of all your sin. Mm -hmm. Let's go on to next from verse 12 and 13. He said, because of lawlessness shall abound, the love of many will go cold. He said, but those who endure 
He didn't say those who, who enjoy the period. He says those who endure to the end. So what God is saying that it's going to be tough. But your altar needs to be, you need to see all these, this is, this is where we are now. Because we don't know, oh, life is it's enjoyment. We, we take away all this scripture of endurance. Mm. Said if you endure, you would, you would end you would up well. Let's go on, please. He said, but he said that would they for the that would be great tribulation, such as has there ever been in the beginning of the world until this time. He said, unless for those days were shortened, for the sake of uh, no flesh would be saved, but for the sake of the elect. So that is those who would who would pack up their altar, who would set up their altar and say, God, we are ready. The question is, are you going to start to set up your private altar? Your altars, are you prepared to raise an altar for your family? Are you prepared to raise an altar for your nation? Are you prepared to raise an altar for the world? May God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.